0: Great moments are born from great opportunity.
1: Last name ever, first name greatest, like a sprained ankle boy, ain't nothing to play with. Again.
0: But before you can ever reach anything,
1: you have to believe it. You don't just mistakenly become great at something.
0: Now go out there and take it. to the Watling and Owens show on WNYO 88.9 the Laker Radio Network. Matt Watling, Luke Owens, no Mike Morano today. Thank you to him for for filling in for me yesterday but I gotta say Matt it was only one show I missed and I was missing it. I feel like the people were were enjoying the show. I saw some comments on Twitter. Uh, You know my seat my seat's feel a little warm tonight Matt. I feel like the people really enjoyed the, the content yesterday.
1: And, and they might have. And I enjoyed doing the show with, with, with Mike. But let's not forget who, who the real star of the Wilding and Owen show is. But let's not forget no. it's you. It's you. It's not me. No. The people don't care about what I have to say because I barely know Sports.
0: I you just, can't come on the show and bash yourself and make me feel bad I for you just because did. we've talked. No,
1: we talked not, it's for not about me, it's about you. It's saying that you're the reason. You're the guy. I well, might be first talked, on the list, but you're the guy.
0: Yeah, we always talk about how you're first on the list and it's not really I don't think it's really that anyone's the the show. I think it is both of us as much as I like to tease. I mean, there's no there's no Owens without Wattling, and there's no Wattling without Owens on this show, in this capacity, of yeah. course. I'm not you saying You can't spell Wattling life.
1: and Owens without Wattling and Owens. Yeah, exactly. And that's the big thing. And I, I got to say, I liked the, uh, I got to say, though, the, the Photoshop of Mike onto me on the logo was, that was beautiful. It was it was fantastic. But, but again, like, I, I love Mike dearly, but there's nothing like doing a show with you, Luke. There just isn't. Actually, Matt, I was in the Oswego area. I know. Yesterday. But How did
0: it I go? I don't know if I'm allowed in the studio, so I don't think I could just show up. Like, I think I'd probably be handcuffed. Administration would take me out. Uh, it, it went well, I think. Uh, uh, for those of you that don't know, I was uh, I was looking at cars. Well, I had one car in particular I was looking at. Got a, a good deal on it. I didn't, uh, I verbally agreed. I didn't put the pen to the paper. I got to make them sweat it a little bit. You know, I'm a, a shrewd negotiator. Uh, you know, I had to, you know, you gave me the suggestion to, uh, you know, change out of my work. Ugh, my work.
1: <coughs> you're selling my you're blow, right. man.
0: I'm dying here. I'm dying here, and you're just over here
1: texting, not even caring about what's going on with me. I'm, I, I'm dealing with I'm something choking. NYO related. The stream is down, okay? Okay. I didn't the know website that. stream is down. And for those of you listening in the car, you can listen on TuneIn Radio, the app or the website, and just search in WNYO. I have, to, I have a comment about TuneIn Radio. Yes. Because it says you can listen for free, but I don't know if that's true. You can. I always
0: try to download TuneIn and it tries to make me pay, so I don't know. It,
1: it comes on the app. It comes up with a screen that says, hey, pay for this, right? Yeah. In the app. In the top right corner, there's an X. Press that button. No, I don't know. I'll have to try it out. I'll I promise you. That, I've yeah. used it a thousand times. But,
0: uh, okay, so yeah, that is important. But as I was saying, I'm gonna going to most likely buy that car. Verbally agreed, but I got to make the, the guy sweat a little bit. You know, I can't let him think. Uh, that I'm I'm going to sign the deal. It's weird, Matt. The, the dealership is actually right over across the street from that Lowe's, which I had no idea there was
1: a, a huge car dealership there, but there is. Neither did I. Wow. You learn something new every day.
0: Yeah. So I, I learned that yesterday. So uh, while I was there, Matt and Mike were carrying – and I was kind of sad because there was some really good topics you guys got to touch on yesterday. Uh, but I'm sure we'll have plenty of time throughout the the next few weeks to talk about you know, the Blake Griffin scenario and – the Knicks going forward and and speaking of the Knicks we start with them uh there's a really interesting article that came out today out of the New York Post uh by Yaron Weitzman I might have absolutely butchered that name it's either it's either Weitzman or Weitzman what are are we feeling
1: on that? Well, I'm saying Weitz. Weitzman. Okay
0: we'll go Yaron Weitzman and uh, they detailed an inside uh look at the new look Knicks front office and it's kind of interesting article obviously the the contents of it aren't You know, like, line by line, it's not like it was anything crazy, but it was really interesting. They were talking about how the Knicks first uh, drafted Emmanuel quickly and how uh, William Wesley, which is uh, a.k.a. Worldwide West, was all in on Emmanuel quickly. He was practically begging Leon Rose to draft him. He knew that the Celtics, uh, they liked what they saw out of him. They wanted him. Uh, There were other scouts within the Knicks organization that had players going before quickly, but... West was really insistent on drafting him. Leon Rose ends up drafting, uh, drafting quickly because of that recommendation. And of course the, the rest as they say is history, you know, it's still early on, but quickly has been a really nice ad for this next team. And really what the story, what I got out of the story, because obviously that's just one section of it is people really respect Leon Rose around basketball. I mean, people think he is a brilliant mind. People think that what he's doing in New York is going to be successful. And the system they have set up between him between Tom Thibodeau, the coach, between Leon Rose, uh, and between uh, Brock Aller, who's kind of the the asset manager, this feels like a franchise that finally, after
1: so much turno- turmoil, is starting to kind of trend in that right direction. It does, and I think that's the most important part about this, Luke. You know, you can say what you want about the, the players on the court, but like we talk about with the Jets all the time, it's that infrastructure that's built off of it, and this is great. This is a really solid uh, tandem, and... Another team to compare it to, if you'd like, is the New York Islanders. I mean, you look at them with the pieces that they have in terms of ownership and in terms of management, it's it's top-notch. Best coach in, basketball, in hockey. One of the best GMs or most historic and, and trusted GMs. And for the Knicks, it's very similar. You've got a great head coach. You've got great pieces. And now it's about putting those players in, in place because you've already given them a, a spot in. And a landing spot that will breed success. Now it's about finding those players that can take you to that next level.
0: Yeah, I think also it was interesting about this, man. And I want to hear your opinion on this because I this wasn't even mentioned in the article, but it's just something I was I was kind of thinking about when I read it. And I was like, you know, whose name we haven't talked about this year? Good old Jimmy Dolan. We haven't talked about James Dolan at all this year, you know. And that's why I'm wondering, you know, was James Dolan as problematic as people thought, or was it just? he was kind of the, the easy kind of scapegoat. And I know he had some some issues. I mean, obviously, everyone knows the Charles Oakley situation, some other kind of dealings he's had with players in the past, or maybe being a little bit too hands down with the Knicks, and, and that's why the Rangers maybe were doing a little bit better. But I wonder, Matt, if maybe a, a lot of that was just
1: kind of trying to find someone to blame for the Knicks' shortcomings. Well, let me ask you a question with another question, Luke. Do wow. we talk about James Dolan with the Rangers? Not really, no. You know why? Because he's put people in place that are competent and that are successful and that will bring a championship at some point to New York. And now with the Knicks, he's done that. We've got a really strong infrastructure around them so James Nolan can take a back seat so he doesn't have to fire and rehire and do these things. His his decisions were made. When you hire the pieces that he's hired, you know, William Wesley, you know, uh, Leon Rose, Brock... Brock Aller, his job's done. He can walk away, and it's going to run itself. And, and I always said it when the Knicks were bad and when they had rough ownership or rough management and, and, and coaches. You can blame James Dolan for getting involved in certain pieces like Oakley, and I think maybe Kristaps too if he was involved in that. But the reason he's more involved, the reason that owners are named is because they don't have a front office that's been that's successful. And now you see the Knicks have that, and you're going to see him take a back seat.
0: Yeah, and I think you know you talk about the Jets and, and we talk about the Knicks now. I think the most one of the most important pieces that you know we talk about all the time, obviously, but wasn't really as strong and it was strong as sorry but not as strong as Leon Rose is the head coach. I mean, Tom Thibodeau's done a great job with his team, and you look at a team like the Jets, a great GM uh, in Joe Douglas, but because he's unable to because he's unable to have a strong head coach, you know, Adam GaSe really kind of failed when he was with the jets. And, and when you look at the, uh, the way that the Knicks are set up right now, they have a great head coach in Tom Thibodeau. And that's one thing that uh, a lot of teams like the the jets fell because we know they have a, a solid front office in place in Joe Douglas. But when you don't have someone that can coach up the talent on that roster, because that's what Tom Thibodeau's kind of role has been, you know, he doesn't really have a ton of roster control. Obviously he was a big kind of reason why Derek Rose came over. But he kind of, his whole philosophy is whatever guys are on the court, I can coach them up. I can lead them to win. Our focus is going to be on high energy, on defense, on playing kind of team basketball and winning games. And I think that's really important, too, when you have a head coach that, you know, it, he almost reminds me of Joe Judge, just squeezing every little ounce of talent you can out of your roster. And that's just such an important head coach to have when you have a team, like you said, Matt, that's not exactly the
1: the most talented. And the one thing that I kind of look at this team, and you talked about in the pre-show meeting, Luke, is if they get praised for quickly, do they get some? Did, or should we, you know, do they deserve the slack that they've been cut for Obi's happen? Do they deserve to sit here and say they had an A plus draft when their eighth overall pick is worse than their twenty third? And when I, when I look at it, I, I wonder if there was no Julius Randle, if there was no All Star Julius Randle, if he was another. Average piece and this team wasn't in the playoff race. Because without Julius Randle being the player he is, they wouldn't be in the playoff. Let's, let's face it. Does Obi Toppin get more minutes? Is this team being managed from a, a, a winning standpoint versus a teaching standpoint? And that's the one criticism you might have on Tom Thibodeau. Is should we try to, to win and squeeze 36 minutes out of Julius Randle every night, leaving 12 minutes for Obi Toppin... Or should it be 30 and 15, 30 and 20, 32 and 17? Like, should we give Obi Toppin more of a chance to play on the court because we don't know what he is yet? And he hasn't played great early on, but it seems like he's never given the actual opportunity to make an impact on this team like Emmanuel quickly was. And certainly he hasn't been what he was expected to be. He was, you know, prized as this this most, most ready prospect. He's 22 years old. You know, people were complaining that he was too old to be a rookie. And now it's going to take a while for him to, to develop. And I almost wish that this team wasn't as good as they are because I want to see what Obi Toppin can bring. And that's the unfortunate part about having Tom Thibodeau as your head coach. He brought the success. I wouldn't trade him for the world. But we don't know what Obi Toppin is. And you just spent another top 10 draft pick on another bust to, to go along with. Or another seeming bust, I should say. Because he, he might be fine. He might be an all-star soon. But as of right now, he adds to the list of Frank Nielakina and Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr., who you traded for, and Christoph Sporzingis, who had to trade away, that never panned out for the New York Knicks.
0: Yeah, and that's why I almost get, you know, you kind of give a pass about Frank. Who Frank's been playing a lot more lately, actually, obviously, with with Peyton out. But, uh, you know, with Knox, you know, it's not their guy or anything like that. And I think Knox is probably less of a ceiling at this point than Obi Toppin. But yeah, that's that's my whole thing. And I wonder if maybe they didn't think that Julius Randle was going to be this. You know, maybe they said, okay, Randle's probably going to be a tradable piece this year. You know, someone will pick him up. We can get some draft picks or something like that. But he ends up being this all-star player and there's no minutes for Obi Toppin because that's just how Tibbs runs the show. He's not worried about, you know, last year we talked about even last year, though, w- without Tom Thibodeau, it was like, okay, why isn't Knox playing all the minutes? Why are is Frank not playing all the minutes? Why aren't they just running these guys when they're a losing team? And now that they're a winning team. It's really hard to find minutes for them. So that's gonna be the issue because this kind of reminds me of. I know I'm kind of making these comparisons across New York sports just because I think they're the most close to home and they're the easiest to make. But you know, a guy like Clint Fraser, who's a highly touted prospect, he doesn't. He kind of gets blocked by a veteran for a while. Doesn't really get to play consistent minutes. And then a lot of teams don't know what his trade value is. You know, You know Obi Toppin, I'm sure a team would take a flyer on him at some point within the next few years. But like you said, he's not young. You know, we haven't really seen what he's capable of. And sitting on the bench isn't really doing him that much good. And you're not going to send him to the G League most likely because he's, you know, the eighth overall pick. You want to see what he can do. So I'm not saying it's a flop by any means, but I think it is important when we talk about Emmanuel quickly and how great he is that, you know, the Obi Toppin pick, probably hasn't worked out to the extent that the Knicks thought
1: it would. And it's compounded by how good Halliburton looks. I mean, he's been really, yeah. really good.
0: And probably would have fit kind of a positional need a little bit more for the Knicks, too. I mean, not that they didn't need a forward, but to have another dynamic guard I think would have been huge. You know, they they probably wouldn't, not that bringing in Derrick Rose is a bad move, but they probably wouldn't have had to bring in Rose or maybe they could have moved Peyton or something like that. So, you know, again, it's nitpicking. And I know you guys talked yesterday about, you know, this is a tough second half. This team could easily kind of fall out and things like that. But, you know, it, 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 it is interesting to examine it from both sides. because I, I, You know, I, I like being negative sometimes, but I do want to be positive. The Knicks are doing a great job this year. It's just it's hard to sit here and not kind of see something like that and not say something.
1: No, and, and that's important. And Luke, I wonder on your side of things, if this team misses the playoffs, is it a failed season? It kind again.
0: I don't think in the grand scheme of, of the NBA, maybe teams won't or people won't look at it and say this is a failure. But for this team, like you know, they got the hopes up of the city, and it feels like they can make the playoffs, especially this year in the East. And I don't know how you qualify playoffs. Like,
1: does playing round count? Or always let's talking say like they, they have got to many? win. Let's say this would be top eight or win the playing round as the nine or ten.
0: I, I think I'd be a little disappointed if I'm a Knicks fan if if you fall. out. I mean, obviously you're not winning a championship this year, but you want to see some success. And that kind of brings it to, to my ultimate point. And we've talked about it forever is that the main goal of the Knicks. And I think with worldwide West and Leon Rose, it's very apparent they want to attract stars and to attract stars. You want to show you have a team that can compete. And if they can make the playoffs this year, you know, like the Brooklyn Nets did a few years ago, they could show, Hey, like we have a good group of guys. We can make a move for, for a star or two. And we have a really nice all-star piece in Julius Randle. And that's me. the thing. I mean, I don't think this is a team that's going to be built through the draft because RJ Barrett, you know, he could pan out, but he doesn't look like a superstar at this point in his career. Uh, OB top is not really playing. Kevin Knox isn't playing. Frankie, you is, is very up and down. Don't think he's going to be a star. Like this feels like a team that is kind of just waiting to grab those
1: one or two stars. And I think that is going to be kind of the main goal for the organization. And I wonder if they have the pieces similar to what the nets had to, to make a trade and to make a splash because, You could argue that you're probably gonna keep Julius Randle. Could RJ Barrett be your your D'Angelo Russell to some extent? I mean, I'd like to keep RJ if you could, but you're moving on, you're probably moving on from Obi Toppin if you're gonna trade for a star. You're probably moving on from Mitchell Robinson. And to be honest, you can find centers. I mean, the Nets just found three in the last year between or year and a half between DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and now there's that rumor that they would get um who else were they getting?
0: Andre Drummond. Andre
1: Drummond. Was that was that factual? Because I saw Alan Robinson Yeah, yeah. It.
0: I actually saw it from... Oh, I, I would...
1: No, you know who actually tweeted it? Who? Robinson, the the Bears receiver. Did you miss what I just said? I literally just said I saw Alan Robinson tweet it. Oh, I didn't hear you say Alan
0: Robinson. All I heard... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, my
1: God. L- listen, Matt, I want you to know, you're not piped
0: through my headset. It's an echoey studio you're in. I hear your voice, but it's not It's not like it's coming through a mic
1: to me, all right? What's it's right? like coming through an, a Serious question. It's coming it's through an question. open room oh um, no. Does this help at all? Does this does this help? Should I talk like this? No, you're
0: it's it's fine. I'm just saying if I didn't catch one little thing you said, I I'm sorry.
1: Well, this is, this I is too just close I just find now. it
0: disrespectful. Should I it's do that? It's not disrespectful.
1: Respect?
0: No, that's a lot worse actually. I'd prefer it further back cuz now I just have a, a real close view. Just real close. What do close. you see? Well, I see your face but from like your mouth up.
1: So I basically just
0: see your glasses and your hair since you're wearing a mask, so. That's right.
1: I'm like, oh, oh, really gonna put this fine. down because I feel really bad from shaking this because that gives me a little. Oof. There we go. Yeah, That's you're, a little better. You're anyway. Me. Um. But yeah, it was it was Allen Robinson that reported yeah. the, the Andre Drummond thing. Yeah. Where Where are we with this? Where are we going? You first? were
0: talking about how the Knicks had the pieces to make that oh, yeah. Nets
1: type. Like, could they get Bradley Beal with like R.J. Barrett, a couple firsts, and Mitchell Robinson? Like, why not? Like, I'd rather keep R.J. So maybe you give him like Obi Toppin and Mitch Robinson.
0: Yeah, because... Beal's an interesting case, though, because he doesn't want to leave. So the the Wizards would kind of willingly have to... And, of course, he could just be saying that. You know, we've heard players say that in the past. Yeah. So, But, yeah, he's kind of the main name I've heard. But, you know, like Brian Windhorst said, as much as I don't put a lot of weight into it, there could just be a player that says, hey, I want to I get traded. The Knicks look pretty good. Like, that could happen... We know in the NBA that could happen within a two-day span in the middle of the summer.
1: And they like, finally have bored. the artillery to get someone. I mean, when was the last time the Knicks had this much... Physical draft like capital. Never. I don't think ever. The amount now of first they of. have with the with the Mavericks trade, the their own picks that are now not, you know, lottery picks. I mean, this is a chance. And, and that's why I think this team needs to strike soon because, yeah, you've got the Nets, but next year, this Nets team, if they win a championship this year, James Harden could get a little selfish again. You know, Kyrie Irving could get a little selfish again. Kevin Durant might be sick of their, their nonsense. Like, this team could combust after they already do their, they complete their ultimate goal. It could. You're listening to the Watling and
0: Owens Podcast, sponsored by WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. Back here on the Watling and Owen Show, here on WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. And as I mentioned before the break, Dak Prescott, Finally got paid. Maybe uh, Patience does pay off. He signs the massive four-year $160 million deal, which includes $126 million guaranteed, a $66 million signing bonus. And this has the deal, the potential to be a six-year deal. There's a couple of, there's some weird clauses within the contract, the way that's kind of structured to to save on salary cap and things like that. But could you imagine, Matt, $66 million for for signing your name on a piece of paper? (laughs)
1: That's incredible. that that's kinda like when you get points on the SAT for just signing the uh, filling out your name right. Oh, you just had to bring up the SAT. Yeah, the thing that you didn't take. And you were supposed to <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't know. I would never take an SAT. Right. You took one though when you were in high school. I did. You know what's crazy
0: though, Matt, is this year there's no you don't have to show an SAT, an A C T anything like that. Wow. So I guess How'd we you just trust for nothing. Uh, I did decent, probably not as good as you.
1: You're not gonna give the number?
0: I got a ten twenty.
1: Did you take the old one, though, or the new one? Uh, it w- I don't remember. You took the one, like in senior year, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you took the old one or the new one, rather. I took the old one, which had the writing portion built into it. So mine was out of twenty four hundred. Oh, okay. So yeah, your score would look a lot better. Than mine. What did I get? Okay. What did I get? I think I got like. Yeah, it
0: was probably something
1: ridiculous. Oof. I mean, I'm like a, a t- I'm intelligent, but was you're, it a you're definitely 40? smarter than me. Let me pull it up. Let me think for a second. Hold it out. What do you have in your? Well, no, archives? I know. I remember. I got a 770 on the math. I got one question wrong. and lost 30 points. Very upset about that. Math
0: section, I absolutely tanked. Oh, like, that was brutal. I did well in the English. We actually, I did do the essay, but
1: it was a separate score. Like, it might it have been. Wasn't... I might have got a 2040. I think that sounds right. I could be wrong. Wow. She's I took the good. the ACT though. I got a 30 on that.
0: I did not take the ACT. It wasn't like a thing. Like it was a thing, but it wasn't. It wasn't like a everywhere thing I was school? applying to didn't really ask for it. So yeah. I wasn't, I never did it, but, but anyways, yeah, Dak Prescott gets paid and it's the highest sign bo- signing bonus in NFL history, but the way they structured the deal, he's making just $9 million in salary next season. Uh, and the, the way that a signing bonus works is when you sign it, you get that money. So he'll get 66 mil, but you can spread it out in terms of cap. So the, the Cowboys are going to spread it out $13 million per year. So it'll be about 22 mil of a cap hit over the remaining five years. And when I first saw the contract, I gotta say, Matt, like I'm very wishy-washy on Dak Prescott. I think he's a good quarterback. But when you see, you know, Andy Dalton lead that team close to the playoffs, I kinda ask myself, you know, how much better would Dak Prescott have been for that team? And he was putting up huge numbers early on, but it wasn't translating to wins because their defense really isn't that good. So I wonder, you throw this much money at your quarterback, probably not a ton to go around to your defense.
1: And I, I just don't know how much better the Cowboys are going to be with Dak Prescott. But you just said they almost made the playoffs and they were 5 and 11. They weren't 6 and 10. Were or 6 and 10? Whatever. They, they were 6 were. and 10. Yeah. Like that's not a playoff But how many team? more games do they win with Dak Prescott? Well, I, like, I don't let's think pull it up. quarterback. Let, let, let's take the a look, I'll go over to ESPN here. We'll we'll look at their schedule and we'll see. And and to me, they ha- if you have a quarterback, you've got to get him signed, you know? In, in in my eyes, you you can't lose your quarterback. And you might not like but I mean, Dak, but I think he's a top 15. He's a, he's a, he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. And, and I know you don't have the money, but at the end of the day, you've got to figure something else out. You've got to figure out your cap later on because Dak's your guy. You know Dak is going to be a good quarterback for you. And, you know, you look at the Jets, they've been looking for a quarterback since forever. You know, the, the best quarterback of my era as a Jets fan in my life was Mark Sanchez. He's not in the league anymore. That's brutal. He played six <laughs> years. Like you have a quarterback, you sign him at any means necessary. That's what you saw with Russell Wilson in Seattle. That's what you saw with. Well, That's like also what Patrick we saw with Carson Wentz. Cart-
0: yeah, but of course, I we guess we also saw that with Jared Goff. Who but you've got to really make those moves. Like contract. you,
1: ha- you have to. And I look at this team now and I say, could they have beaten the the Cardinals in Week Six when they lost thirty eight to ten? They probably could have. Like, no. Is
0: Dak putting up forty points every game? No, that's the thing. I mean, that's he, put up, he put up
1: thirty-four in thirty-seven in the win the week before, thirty-eight against Cleveland, thirty-one against Seattle, forty against Atlanta, and then seventeen in week one against L.A. You have to imagine they're they're beating Minnesota in week eleven. I'd imagine they're beating Washington one of those two times. I but have again, to imagine them to score more than forty-one points. Is what you're asking. And look at the—he was the best quarterback in the NFL his first six weeks of the season. First five weeks Well, yeah, the but season. he's also
0: losing every game and throwing the ball 45 times. But that's not his fault. It's not his fault at all. I don't want this to come off as me bashing Dak. It's more me saying that the Cowboys have a lot of—they're going to have a lot of holes to fill. And they've already given Ezekiel Elliott a ridiculous well, contract. Well, that's, the, that that's he's the
1: problem right there. It's, it's the Zeke contract. Never going to live up to. It's the Zeke contract. It's the money to the offensive line that gets hurt. I mean, they're paying three guys top five in their position group. You know, between Zeke, I think there's an offensive lineman along that list, Dak as well. Amari not, Cooper. Amari Cooper's getting paid. Like, the Amari Cooper trade was a serious problem. I understand the need, but now you're required to, to pay this guy, and you just can't afford it.
0: Especially when they it seems like they draft an elite receiver every year. Like, they have, like, five receivers that are pretty legit. Like, again, I don't want it to come off as bashing Dak because I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, he waited it out. You know, people got worried after his injury, which another factor. I mean, he blew out his leg last time we saw him. We haven't seen him play since then, and obviously, I'm sure the Cowboys have been monitoring that. But I don't want to sound like I'm bashing Dak because I'm not. I'm just saying that when it comes to Dallas, you know, like you said, you gotta lock up your quarterback when you when you know when you when you have to, you know, before you lose him and things like that. And I love I love Dak in college at Mississippi State. I love his story, you know, being a fourth round pick and things like that, and kind of taking that job from Tony Romo. I'm just saying that the the way the Cowboys have handed out contracts, and it's just weird. You know, they were they were all ready to give Zeke a contract, and they hesitated like three years to give Dak a contract. It's just, again, that's an ownership group and an owner that you hear about all the time because he is the front office, and it's just, I don't know. I think just the way that Dallas has ran is more of my concern than Dak Prescott himself.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's what you kind of said was clear T- to you at least, Luke. It's not Dak. It's the team, and... I, I get what you're saying, and you're saying that they might not win with, with, with him, but they're certainly not going to win without him. And at the very least, at the very least, the quarterback sells. And once you get rid of Dak, you're looking for another Dak Prescott. So when you have him, why would you let him go? And I'm not saying you think that, Luke, because you, you, you like Dak, but they might, not, never, they might never win a championship with Dak. They probably won't. And that's not Dak Prescott's fault.
0: Yeah, and I think you make a great I, – I mean, that's a great point, and I 100% agree with you. Uh, I think more of it – because I, I didn't really have a, a major problem once I looked at the numbers and things like that. I, it's just going to be tough because what's going to happen is if the Cowboys aren't successful, oh, why are you paying Dak all this money? That That's what's going to happen, and that's just the irrational way that, that fans think, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck because I don't want all the blame to be on Dak because I like him. He's a good quarterback. He's a great person. He's been through a lot. So, you know, I obviously I, – I hope that Dak is successful and doesn't turn into, you know, a, a situation like a
1: Carson Wentz. Yeah, I agree with you, Luke. And and one thing we talked about last – I think last week, right, Luke, about Marcus May and his agent? Oh, yeah,
0: I was just about to dive into that.
1: This kind of scares me. I read a report by Rich Samini. He expects a deal to get done. But this scares me. It scares me that they have to go through the the um, the, the tag, which I guess at this point it's kind of standard procedure if you don't get the contract done that you franchise tag a player and you might as well use it or lose it. But if they don't get a, a deal done, I'm scared. Yeah. Here's why I'd be a little scared because when you look at the tag, $11
0: million for, for Marcus May this year, like that's not like, that's not a ton of money for the, for the jets. Like I think that they would be okay with paying him 11 mil for one year, but I don't know if Mark, how Marcus may would react to that. Like, I don't think he's going to stick around or, or show up if, they don't want to work out a deal. But again, the, the point of the franchise tag here is so that they have until July 15th to make a deal. You know, he doesn't hit free agency. He's not on the open market. He can't just take whatever the best deal is for him. He's kind of forced into negotiating with the jets. And I think once the jets figure out what they want to do at quarterback, I think Marcus May is going to be one of their main priorities. And again, I was worried a little bit last week, but it, yeah, the thing I would be worried about is if they don't reach a deal, it could get ugly. I mean, we saw how ugly got with Jamal Adams. You know, Marcus May doesn't seem like that type of personality, but, you know, we saw what his agent said. Clearly, there's some kind of feeling of disrespect on on that side.
1: And you can't afford to lose another safety to this issue because, one, your team gets bad and and really bad. And two, guys are not going to want to play for the Jets. They're not going to want to get drafted by the Jets if you don't take care of your own. And I talked about this with Mike. I don't know if you heard it, Luke. And he said, you know, it's a business. And I understand that, but the business side for the for the for the fan for the players rather are, we're not going to sign for you. We're not going to play for you because you don't take care of us. Because you're not going to you're not your winning's not in the best interest. If winning was in the best interest of the Jets, they're going to overpay Marcus May if he asks for the money, because they have the cap room, because they they need a safety. They need actual bodies that can play football, and because it's their guy. Right now, he's probably their best player they've drafted. Quinton Williams has not l- panned out so far. He's expected to do, but he hasn't. You know, well, they didn't draft Marcus May. Yeah, they did. No. He was, they drafted he was him in the second Seattle. round. No. They drafted Marcus him in the second round after Jamal Adams. No. Out of oh, Florida. Wait. Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of, like, McDougal. I am thinking of McDougal. He's terrible. He didn't even play. <laughs> I got lost in the
0: sauce. All right, they, draft,
1: they draft him out of Florida, I believe. Yeah, 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 and, yeah and, same page. And the same point page. is, is you can't get rid of this guy again. You can't have a repeat of Jamal Adams. It would be horrible for the optic of this team, especially you got the most cap money in the NFL. You've got to make this move. You've got to spend. And I understand if you don't want to overpay, but if his value is $11 million, and I think that's a good number for him. He's probably a top 10 safety in the league. He was second, I think, in terms of um, safeties that covered, right? That uh, that covered yeah, yep. in coverage, rather. He's probably worth at least 11. And if you can't give him a four-year deal worth 50 million, that's a fair deal. And I'm no cap expert, but you have the money to do it. You have the yeah, pieces and- to, to make a move to sign him and sign any player you want. So if you don't get this <clears throat> deal done he plays on the franchise tag, that's a big issue.
0: Yeah. And I think you could also probably get him for cheaper and like somewhere around. There. I mean, Jordan Poyer or, or Micah Hyde, excuse me, for the Bills, who's a, he's comparable. He's two years older than maybe he's one of the better safeties in the NFL as well. And the Bills got him for two years, 20 mil. So, I mean, right around that 10 million mark. So, you know, you could you probably have to pay him a little bit more. But it's it's interesting because there is something to be said, you know, there it is a business, but. I think there is kind of a loyalty aspect that you want to develop if you're the Jets. You know, you've, you've, you were laying it out before I was an idiot and confused Marcus Mann and Bradley McDougal that the Jets haven't had a great history with the guys that they drafted. And this is one of those picks that has really worked out. He's been great. I mean, after the season, his comments were all like, I want to be here. I want to be a jet. And obviously it could all be eyewash. Just trying to get that contract. But there is something to be said for giving your guys the extension, you know, keeping your guys around. It says something about your organization. So you know, he's not uh, he's not a Joe Douglas guy, but I think it would be important to, to get him taken care of.
1: Oh, 100%. He needs to get taken care of. This is a team that could be very good next year if things fall into place. There's a lot of things that need to be hit on, but you can get a legitimate wide receiver through free agency. You can get a top cornerback through free agency and then another one through the draft. You can get another offensive lineman through the draft. You can stay with Sam Darnold and hope he works out. You can get a running back In free agency They could make the playoffs next year Especially if there's that 7th team I'm not saying they will because I don't think they will But this team A lot like the Bills a couple years ago They need their strike because they have the assets In these next 3 years And you can't lose your best player For a handful of million dollars You just can't
0: You're listening to the Watling and Owens Podcast Sponsored by WNYO 88.9 The Laker Radio Network
1: back here it's odd man rush time luke Now we don't have a lot of time after luke just completely drove us off a cliff here but that's okay
0: i really did it's it's completely my fault i take a uh, full responsibility for ruining your odd man but i you know you still have
1: time it's I not do. like
0: you don't have time right now
1: and i think the the issue isn't that you host too long it's just that we have too good a show because i do the same thing with your odd man
0: Again, it's the, the one hour. It's it just, is. We we're really still hit, getting
1: used to it. That 90 minutes we had at the start of, you know, during the winter break was just brilliant. Oh, beautiful. It was perfect. I wish could we could not get back to it. Me.
0: We just got to remember, Matt, we still have, it's still three hours, so we, can, we still are fitting in the same content. It just feels like we're
1: not. And, and we'll start with a story, Luke, that I really wish wasn't a story. And it was Mars Leonard on Call of Duty th- earlier today. Uttered a an anti-Semitic slur during a Call of Duty stream. Uh, in in the rant and, and raving, he called someone a coward for sniping him, and this is such a bad look for Myers Leonard. It's such a bad look for the NBA. And the thing that kind of hurts the most is that anti-Semitism has been a real issue, you know, in this country, in colleges and, and everywhere, and it just doesn't seem like it's being taken seriously. You know, there's there's um. Uh, a, I think it's like Jewish campus page on Instagram. And they talk about the anti-Semitism across different college campuses. And it's as simple as someone saying, oh, you didn't, you don't look Jewish or you're pretty for a Jew. And like, what does that mean? It's these things that you replace Jewish with any other, you know, minority, whether it's racial or ethnic. And it's, you know, immediately canceled. And, I, and it's it's unfortunate. And as, as a Jewish person, it's just... There's no place for it in the NBA. There's no place for it in sports in this country, and it. Hopefully, this brings it to the forefront, and I and I hope that Myers Leonard gets suspended. I don't know if you know, kicked off the team is is, is far enough, or if that's something the Miami Heat are considering. They are looking at, looking at it and reviewing it. But it's a serious problem, and you know people. Like fans especially were were, you know, giving him an hate for it. You know, they say there's no place in the in the NBA for hate. Someone said anti-Semite have fun being jobless. And I, I don't know what the result is. I don't really know how to how to feel about it. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is education. You know, I think the biggest issue is teaching people about the Holocaust and about Anti-Semitism, the history of it, because if people truly understood what the issues are, then I don't think this word is in his vocabulary. Then I think he thinks this word is as bad as other slurs. And I don't even want to say it like that because it's unfair to compare it to different minorities and different slurs, but the education process about Judaism and about anti-Semitism I think is what's most important to stop these, these things.
0: Yeah, I agree. And uh, Myers Leonard actually came out with his his black screen apology. Uh, And the only reason why I want to read the front of this is because I think it kind of ties into what you're saying. He said, I'm deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during a live stream yesterday. While I didn't know what the word meant at the time, my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse. And I was just wrong. I'm now more aware of its meaning and I'm committed to properly seeking out people who can help educate me about this type of hate and how we can fight it. So that to me is what I took away. And it kind of, it honestly, like this is a hundred percent, like there's obviously zero excuse for what he said. And that's why I agree with you. I think it comes down to an education thing. Like clearly, like you said, like he clearly didn't understand the weight of what he was saying. And I feel like a lot of times in this country and, it's, it's it's so tough when you talk about racism because like you said you can't you can't compare different types of racism you just have to you have to talk about them each uh, kind of as they come up and that's the issue is that I feel like anti-semitism has become more of a joke in society than what it really can be which is what myers Leonard is doing here is is hurting people and I think that it's that education is something that we need because this is a word that you know you don't know if you'd use a, a different, slurred to talk about a different minority group when he says this, you know, he's laughing about it. He's not really understanding the weight of what it means. So I just think that education in, in terms of anti-Semitism is just so important because I feel like so many times it's almost become just like the butt end of a joke instead of a really serious issue.
1: Well, well Luke, let me ask you this and you don't need to answer. You obviously grew up in upstate New York. Did you, did you have many Jewish friends or people in your community? No, I mean
0: when I went to school was the first time college? I was really exposed yeah, when I was really exposed to, to to having Jewish friends because a lot of you know there's a big conglomerate from you know Long Island or from downstate and upstate there's really just not a lot of Jewish people. Did you know this word was a bad word in high school? So, if I'm being like full disclosure, I've heard this word used a lot and I would say that I don't think the majority of people know the magnitude of the word. Even myself, like, going through life, I never knew what it meant or why people said it. I just knew people said it. Like, I still, like, it really was kind of just thrown around. It wasn't really used like it. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of just thrown around like you could just use it. And it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any repercussions and no one really... Kind of understood the weight of what it meant.
1: I'm trying to. If that makes the, sense, no, that makes sense, and I'm trying to pull up the uh, etymology of it. It was born on, El- on Ellis Island when there were Jewish migrants who were also illiterate or could not use the Latin alphabet. When asked to sign entry forms with the customary X, they would refuse because they associated X with the cross of the Christ- of Christianity. Instead, they drew a circle on the signature on the entry forms. And then the, so the Yiddish word for circle is, is this word with an Okay. Um, so I guess that's how you, you finally found this word. Um, yeah, it just, it's gotta be taught about because I don't think people understand even the, the you know, to me, it's crazy. You know, people don't even understand the Holocaust. And for me growing up on Long Island, you know, going to, um, going to Hebrew school and things like that. You know, we learned. We, we had visits from Holocaust survivors every year. You know, even in high school, I think we had an assembly with with a couple. And I think just having that learning experience is so important for people in school. And, you know, maybe not every community has access to Holocaust survivors because there's obviously few and, and, and far between, unfortunately. But, you know, sit down. Maybe people watch a video about it, a documentary, things like that, because it is really serious and it is awful to to say the least and it it hurts every time I see words like this and and things like this and there's no real way to transition out of this Luke but uh we'll touch on Les Miles now who was was fired or rather mutually agreed to part ways after his uh sexual harassment allegations came to light last week uh the the allegations being that he would text female students made them feel uncomfortable uh was left alone with them in a condo and once kissed a student allegedly He denies kissing the girl he admitted to driving alone with her, citing that he was mentoring the school's young women. And uh, the LSU athletic director at the time, Joe Avila, recommended he be fired in 2013. Um, The one thing that gets me going about this story and the the mutually agreement to part ways is Jeff Long, the school's AD, said, we will begin the search for a new head coach immediately with an outside firm to assist this process. We need to win football games. And that's exactly what we're going to do. This makes it seem like he is out at Kansas, not because he was allegedly sexually assaulting women, but because he was a bad football coach and finished with a record of 3-18. and eight, 18. And that makes me so mad. How is this what you end your statement with? How is that what you say about a guy that was allegedly sexually assaulting women in this context, in this, pl- in this climate? You have to know better. You have to. This is horrible and I wish more people were talking about that.
0: Yeah, and the, the way he starts his, his thing is the only way he kind of even acknowledges it. And I don't want to take away from Les Miles because he's obviously the, the bigger issue here. But when he says, like, I'm extremely disappointed for our university fans, everyone involved with in our football program. And then he immediately dives into, there's a lot of young talent on our football team. We'll find the right guy. Like, we're going to win games. Like, that's like that's really ridiculous to me. And, and like you said, I'm surprised people aren't talking about it. Obviously, Les Miles, the main story here and what happened at LSU and... What probably happened in Kansas, too, and the sickening part to me is, like, Les Miles still gets a $2 million buyout, like, for, for going away. And it would have been $8 million, but he's like, oh, I'll just take the $2 million. Like, he uh, take great nothing. guy, Les Miles.
1: Like, yeah, give that's credit ridiculous to me. To the Mets, and hopefully we can give credit to the Angels. Jared Porter got nothing from the Mets. Zippo. Mickey Calloway, as their pitching coach, better get nothing when he gets fired. This is ridiculous. This makes me so mad. Uh, not a lot of time, Luke. Left, but we'll go on to some some lighter news. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, his daughter, his one month old infant, Sterling Sky Mahomes, has received a soccer scholarship from Texas Tech.
0: <laughs> well, from what I know, his uh, I'm pretty sure his fiance played soccer, so maybe that's a projection. This is even more ridiculous than the like the twelve year olds that get football scholarships in Alabama. This is a a four like. So if if Patrick Mahomes' daughter and again this won't it won't matter but hypothetically if she doesn't play soccer she's not athletic she doesn't want to play sports could she just go she just say yeah I'll take the
1: scholarship and just go to school there like well, could she just do that I think the letter of intent basically signifies what we intend you know intent intend to sign you to a scholarship but you can't officially give or accept the scholarship until your junior year of of high school if I'm not mistaken uh,
0: when do you break the news to your child like you have a letter of intent? When do to they know? <laughs> when do they yeah. When do they
1: know and, and when can you quantify that and, and have it meet in your head? That's crazy. I mean our
0: future uh children have already been offered full ride broadcasting scholarships to Oswego. That's right. Well, mine actually the... has
1: a scho- uh, hockey scholarship uh coach Edgesick wow. and coach um, Mark Digby told me.
0: Well, how would they earn scholarships when their father is on athletic? How would they be able to, to, to earn the scholarship, wouldn't they inherit your talents? And that's the well, thought process?
1: I never got to play ice hockey, so we don't know how good I could be. That's true. You're and, a great broomball goalie. a an elite beer, – uh, beer ball, geez. Broomball goalie. So <laughs> yeah, people so are me. saying that that would, would translate. People are saying I, I, that my broomball skills will be passed on to my, my child, whether it be a son or daughter. Okay.
0: I mean, that, that's, I think that's a valid point. I mean, we know the, the illustrious history of the program. I mean, that'd be crazy, year your, your son or daughter would be the first uh, athlete ever to get a full-ride scholarship to, to Oswego to be an athlete. I don't, I don't think that's even legal, which is... It's crazy that they bend the rules at risk uh, NCAA infractions just to, to offer that scholarship. Well, not you.
1: only are they getting a athletic scholarship in situation, they're also getting an academic one because... Oh, here we go. As you know, I am brilliant. Well, yeah, we all know. We, talk, we This is the second time we've talked I about mean, how brilliant a, you are on the a show. A in the NBA program is unheard of. Yeah, it is unheard of, which is ridiculous that we're talking about it right now. This is, again, the
0: second time you've paraded yourself around on the show. And it's only an hour show. It's not a 90-minute show
1: anymore. And you've already patted yourself on the back twice in this hour. When, when your co-host abandons you, you know, not even 12 hours, you know, within 12 hours before the show starts, you gotta, you gotta Again, can we man. remember
0: all the nice things you said to me at the beginning of the hour?
1: Yeah, and can we remember the fact you gave me six hours for it, and you knew, you knew you had this appointment No, yeah, but I didn't
0: know when I was gonna get back, that was not in the,
1: right, the car uh, And you're ditching thing, me tomorrow, what's up with that? What do you mean the show's canceled tomorrow? Not because of me you're not going to be on the call? No, I, I am, but I, do, I they canceled it before I was given the call. Don't wow me, and I don't think the audience heard you. I think your your headphone uh, came off at the moment. You're back now. I can hear you, but couldn't hear the wow. Well, if
0: you wanted, if we wanted to have the show, we'd find a way. We did it last week when there was a game.
1: Do you want to show them? We'll do a show. You can. I have class actually before, so I couldn't even do. I couldn't even take the sports hour slide if we wanted to.
0: Okay, All so right. no show tomorrow. Well, no, again, I have class.
1: I, That's not my fault. We know I have class. Again.
0: Again, why do I get blamed but you don't get blamed? I just—it's ridiculous at this
1: point. All right, final story of the of the night. I'm I'm sick of you. I can't wait to leave. Um, (laughs) uh, Jim Harbaugh does not face a wins (laughs) quota for uh, the 2021 Michigan season, according to their AD Ward manual. Pretty interesting. That that's the that is pretty interesting. Uh, I, th- I thought you had more to say no, about it. I mean, his salary was cut from eight million down to four with an extension going through twenty twenty five. So it's clear that he didn't meet expectation, but he still got a shot. Do teams usually have win quotas? Like, is that an, a, a normal well, thing for head coaches? I mean, I'd imagine if Ohio State goes one in seven, they're going to fire their head coach. But wh- okay, but what's the quota? Like, if you don't reach
0: the quota, you're fired, or you just don't get a bonus? No, you get fired. That seems like. A little harsh. I well, feel, when you're a top team
1: and you're supposed to be winning games, you know the, the point is is that Jim Harbaugh's on the hot seat, and the AD pretty much said, "Hey, he's not on the hot seat."
0: Well, he's obviously not on the, the hot seat if they sign him to an extension,
1: and that's what he's continuing to express.
0: Right, but I don't understand why. I don't know what, your, even what to... your
1: issue with this with this quote is. Why would you have statement? to come out and say there's no win? Because court. people like, think Harbaugh should get fired. People hate him. I like him. I think he's been fine. I mean, it's hard when you don't have a quarterback. It's hard when he's been there for, what, five years? I guess he's had a couple recruiting classes, but let's not act like Ohio State isn't a top three team every year. Like, it's hard to be better than them. You don't have Florida firing their coaches because they can't beat Alabama.
0: But also, it's not just Ohio State. Like, Michigan has struggled against basically any good team despite having top ten recruiting classes every year. That, I think, is what the... The real issue here is that Jim Harbaugh hasn't really been developing his talent over there at Michigan. You're listening to the Watling and Owens Podcast, sponsored by WNYO889, the Laker Radio Network. Back here on the Watling and Owen shows, we wrap things up on a Tuesday as we continue our conversation. We were talking about the Jets uh, earlier and how there's a ton of free agents you know, available. So let's just, let's just run through them here as the, the NFL franchise tag period has kind of started. And two guys that got tagged were wide receivers, Alan Robinson and Chris Godwin, who uh, I know Godwin's trying to work out a long-term deal. Alan Robinson's interesting because I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if he doesn't get his money, he's probably going to sit out, probably wants to go into free agency. And I mean, you look at this free agency class, this is going to be a, a crazy offseason because the salary cap, the uncertainty with, with money, There's going to be a lot of guys getting, you know, put into free agency. You've got Hunter Henry, the tight end from L.A., uh, Kenny Galladay, the receiver out of Detroit, John News-Smith, the Titans tight end, uh, linebacker Bud Dupree, running backs Chris Carson, Aaron Jones. Like, these are some really big names that you would not expect to hit free agency. But, I mean, this is good news for a team like the Jets or anyone with capital and needing, or, or salary cap, I should say, and needing big pieces because there's going to be a lot. Of big names on the market this offseason.
1: Yeah, with COVID, you see teams are not are actually losing uh the cap it's gonna go down slightly. The 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 um the cap maximum, the salary cap rather, couldn't figure out the word, is gonna go down um a little bit. And teams are not built to withstand that. Most teams at least. You'll see the Jets be able to to kind of balance that out. And, and that's what why this offseason is so important, Luke. We saw a lot of money a couple offseasons ago. The spending power, the purchasing power of this $80 million that they have is even more than what they had a couple of years ago. And, and that's why it's important to kind of make that step and and make that leap. And to, to build off that, Luke, and I know it's not about free agents, this is why the quarterback position needs to be solidified. If you think that's Sam Darnold, you've got to be sure of it because this is a team that could be rebuilt like that in the snap of the fingers with the amount of money they have. Look at the Bills. Did they have a crazy good team before they went on, on that offseason season? Uh, two years ago when the Jets signed Lev Bell? No. No. And they had a
0: defense. They didn't have an offense at all, though.
1: And I guess the, the Jets don't really have either, but can the Jets figure out a defense pretty quickly? You know, I think so. With the amount of money they oh, have. Yeah. And, and you don't want to build through free agency, but you can keep Marcus May as a cornerstone. You can draft two cornerbacks that are first round caliber and still have somewhat of a first round draft pick left over because you got that 33rd overall pick. You can go out there and find a wide receiver cheap. You can find an edge rusher. I would love them to sign uh, Quiddy out of Michigan. They have some pieces, man. They have some pieces, and they've got to make a splash here. They've got to be better than what they were last year. And it's hard to be much worse. But if they're not at least 6-10, I think I'm disappointed.
0: Yeah, and there's been a lot of talk about the the tight end position. You know, could they trade back, get a guy like Pitts? But there's Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith right there on on the table for you. Like those are really attainable guys that can really help out the offense. Great pass catchers, good in the run block game. They obviously need receivers. You know, maybe they don't go out and get a Kenny Galladay or an Allen Robinson, but they can maybe address that need through the draft. It's hard, it, it's hard to just find a, a number one receiver. They don't grow on trees when it comes to the draft. But I mean, Minnesota got a great one in Justin Jefferson late. So we'll see what the Jets do there.